Yo, what's going on? You got the 7-2 Mindset Investor here. I am super stoked. We have an amazing guest for you, my man, C-Rock. So here's the deal. He's just coming out with an amazing book called Rocket Fuel. He's actually closely tied to Grant Cardone. He's actually one of their licensees, absolutely crushing it. His story is phenomenal and fits with what we're talking about, the 7-2 and the 7-2 moments that we have and really playing that, that bad hand that we're dealt. So enjoy. We got the man C-Rock here. I'm so excited for this. Um, I've watched, you know, what C-Rock's been doing on Instagram, on uh, LinkedIn. And I just said, I need to do, go deeper on this and really understand what this beast is all about. Um, so what I, knew, what I do know here is he is one of Grant Cardone's licensees, which is awesome. We actually had someone uh, recently on the show all the way from India, who's actually Grant Cardone's only licensee out there, which was epic and the host of What Are You Made Of podcast. Mark, thanks for having me, man. Hey, I always start every interview with gratitude. I just am so honored and thankful and grateful for people that want to listen to me, man. And it's, it's such a humbling experience, but I'm honored. And uh, just want to let you and your audience know, thank you very much uh, from the bottom of my heart. And by the way, Gaurav, was it Gaurav in India? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I know Gaurav. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fantastic. We got it out to his audience and so forth. Just a good dude, just like yourself. And, uh, you know, and we, and we got right into it. So, and we really struck a chord and, you know, it, it's, it's fascinating, like the most successful people, and I'm not saying successful monetarily wise, they could be successful spiritually or what have you. Um, you know, they've, they've had some tough times and it's how they, you know, rise from the ashes as, as we were talking before. I mean, I call myself the, uh, the seven, two mindset investor and seven, two being, I said the worst possible hand in poker, but you said it could be the best hand in poker. And I love that perspective because in life you can't control the hands you're dealt, but you can control how you play that hand. Um, we choose, we're dealt seven twos all, all, all the time, but we choose to play that motherfucker. I mean, uh, we look at COVID COVID-19 COVID-19 was the global seven, two and people had a choice. They could be a victim or they could be a victor. So tell me, let's, let's get right into this. Let's, let's get talk about you. And I want to talk about your story. Um, I'm going to give it to you, man. Yeah. I mean, the reason you say that is, you know, look, you know, you ever see pepper, black pepper in its rarest form, it's little balls, black pepper, mm -hmm. you got to grind it and then you got to shake it to get the pepper out onto your food. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens with setbacks and letdowns and difficulties and discouraging people and all that, man. You know, it all goes back to when I was a kid, um, you know, I came from a broken home. I don't remember my parents ever together. And uh, at the end of the day, I thought it was ordinary. I didn't know that people actually stayed together and it was families that were like happy and all that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, both my parents remarried and there was a lot of conflict growing up. I was around a lot of broken people, broken mindsets, a lot of people that uh, were, were jealous or envious of each other. Just a lot of conflict, child support, custody battles, all that stuff. As a kid, I'm sitting here watching this and observing this and trying to figure out well, one thing, you know, one thing I was thinking is if I'm not thinking this way and I know better than to do this stuff, why are these older people doing this stuff? Mm -hmm. You know, I was very observant as a kid. And so, you know, when I was eight to 11, I went through a lot of a, a really tough time. I moved in with my dad and his new wife and, you know, I wanted to tr just explore and try something new than rather than living with my mom full time. Mm -hmm. And it could be a seven, two hand, I guess you could look at it because 
you know, it was very traumatic. I mean, I had a lot of emotional and psychological abuse. A lot of conflict went on during that period of time. And, but now that I look back on it, because what I'm about to tell you the story, you'll see what I'm talking about. It, it, it ended up being like aces, you know? So uh, I, I figured out a period of time there where it was not conducive to happiness to live there anymore. So uh, I had to get out and I told my mom to file court papers and which she did. And she reminded me at that time though, that when she was going to file these papers that I needed to be stubborn or stick to my guns. She said, you got to stick to your guns. Like if you do, if I file this, you can't flip flop. Mm-hmm. Because when you believe in something in life, especially now with this situation, this particular situation, people are going to try to talk you out of it mm-hmm. to match or meet their agenda or to justify their position in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember her saying that. So when my dad finally got served the court papers, I came home from school one day and he said, hey, man, go to your room. Now, my dad was my hero. He had his own masonry business. He laid block, brick, poured concrete and all that. He had big forearms, rough hands. And he always carried a wad of hundred dollar bills in his, in his pocket with a rubber band around it. And I looked up to my dad for being a hard worker and, and being successful. And, mm-hmm. you know, he found out about this and he get, came back and I sat in my room for about five minutes, which felt like five hours at that time, just waiting for him to come back. And he came back and said, Hey, looks like here, you want to move back with your mom. Is that true? You know, you, they don't have it well there. They don't have any money. Like you, you got everything you need here. Why would you want to do this? Like what, what? And he just didn't get it. He did. He he was in denial, I guess, about the the, the treatment that was happening in that household. Not necessarily from him, mm-hmm. but I don't want to get any more detail than that right now. But regardless, he said, "If that's the case, is there anything I can do? Like, what do we got to do to make this work?" And I'm like, "Nope, sticking my guns. Discussion's over." So he takes that wad of hundred dollar bills out. He goes, "Okay," peels one off, crumples it up, and throws it at me. And says, "Here, you're gonna need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day." And, you know, at 11 years old, at first, you know, I thought about that and it's like, man, that's my hero thrown in the towel, you know? But at the end of the day, I remember, you know, ever since I can remember being a young kid, I've been called stubborn, hard-headed. And I wear that badge with honor, man. Because if you really look at the definition of stubborn, it says perversely unyielding. Now that, that, that every time I say that, and every time I read that definition, man, it gets me fired up because when I believe in something, I'm perversely unyielding and stubborn has a negative connotation to it. You know, a lot of times being stubborn is a bad thing they say, but you know what? Stubborn's not the wrong thing when it's on the right thing. And so I remember that moment that I was not going to let him dictate my future. Mm-hmm. I was not going to let him predict what I was going to be and needing money from him and or anything like that. Now, I don't hold any, uh, you know, anything against him. I, I've totally forgiven him. I don't get to see him. It's not by my choice. Um, if I saw him today, I'd give him a big hug, have a beer with him, whatever. But at the end of the day, it lit a spark. And that spark, I've been fueling off of that fire for 30 some years. Now, the other thing I thought in the back of my head was, well, I'm a leader and an inspirer because my mom told me that from when I was three or four years old. I don't know what the hell that means, but I'm going to be helping people. And so I figured to myself, if there's other people in this situation that been, have been given up on just because I thought this was an ordinary, ordinary situation, I got to be able to help people. So now what do I got to do? I got to do everything I can to be the best that I can be, the greatest that I can be at everything I do. And so I, my focus was on that. My focus was on being around broke people and helping them and not accepting the fact that they were broken and just leaving it at that. So I dealt with a lot of family members and 
people that were around that were uh, alcoholics, drug addicts, depression, anxiety, all that jazz, man, suicide. And I just didn't want to be okay with it. So at heart, I'm a people builder. And so for 30 some years, I've been driving off of this. And about two years ago, I said, you know what, man, I got to figure this out. I got to do a self-assessment here. What the hell am I driving off of? What makes me different than other people? Mm-hmm. And I came to found out that I was taking setbacks, letdowns, disappointments, difficulties, even things I messed up on and not getting stuck in them, not playing victim, but converting them into rocket fuel for my future. Mm-hmm. Now, I could sit here and say fuel, I could say gasoline, I could say all that, but I say rocket fuel and I mean it, rocket fuel, because rocket fuel is the only thing I know that can get you into outer space. And aren't we all looking for freedom and somewhere where there's no gravitational pull pulling us down, where we get to pick the problems we want to deal with rather than somebody else throwing the problems at us? That's what it's all about to me. That's what I live on. And I say thrust is a must. We got to be moving forward. And uh, similar to the 7-2 concept, we know there's no new concepts. We all frame, just frame them different, man. I agree, man. I agree. Um, that's powerful, man. I, I appreciate you sharing and opening up like that from to myself and, and the audience. So you said up until two years ago, like it's tough. Like, I mean, when we go on this personal development journey, it, like it, it, you heard all the time, it's a lonely fucking journey. Like you have to, you got to burn the ships is what happens, which yeah. it, it, it becomes, and it's tough because some people that you love the most, you may have to burn the ship because you got to love yourself first. Um, and as I say, you're the average of the five people you hang around with. And when you come to that realization that I got to get out of this, um, it's tough. Um, can, can you walk us through that moment that you actually had to enter? It's like the hero's journey, right? When you go from the ordinary world to the unknown. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, before I get into that, the seven, two hand, by the way, I'm the type of guy that if I was on the ESPN playing poker and they were watching and obviously they could see my hand, I would go like this, wink at them watch this because i i don't i don't like when i get seven two hand i'm not like oh man uh three three six on i mean oh man i'm not getting any hands of course you're a loser if you talk like that sure. it's all in your mind right i'm that type of guy wink watch this watch me get these guys so that's how i approach my life and i think that's what you mean by that right absolutely so, yeah. So, uh, the, there was a moment in time, um, I, I was running a successful mortgage group for this company and the one thing I lost focus of was culture and I was chasing production, bringing people in that could produce, but, but, but were cancers. And eventually this company, the leadership of the company, uh, did something actually did us a favor, but they basically were stealing money. Money went missing. Um, my money, my partner's money. And I look at it as, man, at first, like, wow, if somebody from the outside was looking at this, they'd be like, man, why did you, did you go after him? Did you sue him? Did you, what, what did you do about it? But really it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I was doing wrong. I take responsibility for this. I wasn't focused on culture and doing things the right way. I was focused on just chasing production. So it fell. And sometimes, like you said, you got to grind the pepper up, shake it to get it on your food. That's what happens sometimes, man. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I got my team together and said, guys, by the way, it was a dark time. I had to figure this stuff out. I was working through it. I broke down in the kitchen in front of my wife in, uh, I guess it was 2017, actually, not too long ago. I've never done that before. I've never felt in such a dark place before. Millions of dollars, like, you know, that I busted my ass for, worked hard for, just gone. And then I realized a couple things with this. 
I told my wife, I'm not doing this anymore. I can't feel like this anymore. I'm done like this. I'm not going to feel like this anymore. So whatever it is, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. It's just not going to happen. I had 22 employees and their families. I felt like they were on my shoulders too, by the way. And when somebody cheats in golf, when I play money for golf, I, I golf and I play money. If somebody were to cheat or kick the ball out of the, out of the rough or sand or something, I'm not playing golf with that person for money anymore. So we knew we had to leave. So uh, we decided to look for another place to go and culture was our number one op, you know, priority. And at that time, what I also realized was I was, although making great money, I wasn't thinking big enough. Like if you're upset because you lose a hundred thousand, a million, even you're not thinking big enough. The only time we get upset with things in sales in real estate, if you don't get a deal, well, you should have had more in your pipeline. Like it's all about the fact that you don't have abundance. I realized that. So I was like, wait a minute. Well, I'm thinking way too small here. I'm playing tiddlywinks when I should be playing freaking, you know, the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And that changed everything for me. And I, I came into realization of that when I found Grant Cardone and 10X. I read the 10X rule. My stepfather who filled in for me, 11 years old, who helped me become a man. His name was George. He passed away in January of 2019. And I was right around the time where I, I met, the, you know, read, read the 10X rule, the book. Mm -hmm. I met Grant. Um, and what happened at that moment was I realized, wait a minute, dude, I'm not the only one, first of all, that's going through this before mm -hmm. Two, I'm also not the only one that thinks that I, 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 I like, I feel like people think I'm crazy mm -hmm. and uh, I have an animal inside of me. It's caged up because I'm worried about what people think or worried about pushing people away or whatever the case was. And then it became real to me. Like, wait a minute, I'm not the crazy one. I have an animal inside. I'm unleashing it. It's coming out. And it's justified and validated now via the book that I've read and everything that was going on. And I, uh, it changed everything for me. So that's where it started. And I, that's when I was really trying to do this assessment, like, well, what the hell was I, what the hell have I been feeding off of? There's some kind of magic or some kind of thing in here. And then I said, I gotta, I gotta be able to label it and, and frame it the right way. So people understand it. And that's where the rocket fuel concept came from. And I've been talking about that on my show. What are you made of? Because what are you made of? We just share our stories of, of things like this that happen and how we are made of these things so we can get through anything and become unstoppable and indestructible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, no, this is, this, this is, um, yeah, man, this is the stuff I love talking about the most. I mean, I look back at some of my moments, the night I spent behind bars for some that would say, Hey, don't even talk about that. That was the best night because I had to make a decision had to be made. Am I a victim or am I a victor? What am I going to do about this? Hitting rock bottom being in a tripod position when my uh, partner came home and saw me just broken, a broken man, you know? And that was like, when you, now I can kiss on the ground, man. I respect the ground so much now. Right. Um, and this is how we break through. And, and I think this is a great segue. I really want to know more about rocket fuel. I mean, I can't wait to, to get my hands on it. Um, I just wrote a book myself uh, more on a sales side uh, a couple of weeks ago, working on getting it out there and that kind of stuff. Let's talk about rocket fuel. Congratulations, by the way. I mean, I, so I know the journey of writing a book. I know how hard it is. It's a grind. It's emotional roller coaster. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that. And I don't think a lot of people talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, and especially for someone like me, I, I was an A student, no problems and all that. I just hated English. I hated writing. Um, you know, and the fact that we can write a book when that's the case, like, and have mm -hmm. something comes out, you know, so congratulations. And I know, like I said, I know what that takes. So thank you. Um, yeah, rocket fuel is about some of the stories I shared already, but there's other, I go in detail and in depth and a lot of anecdotes in there about how this concept came about and how you can use it and start with it and convert 
setbacks. And by the way, it's a proactive approach. It's not something that you can do reactively necessarily or while it's happening, while something bad's happening. See, the problem is, Mark, when we're in a adversity, and if you can relate to this, think back when you were in, in jail cell or when you were dealing with that rock bottom feeling. While you're in there, there's a lot of chaos and confusion going on. So one, it's very difficult to understand or grasp a concept at that time. Mm-hmm. Also, the closer in proximity you are to an adversity, the less light that you see at the end of the tunnel, the less hope you have. And the further and further you get away, the easier it is to do these things. Like, oh, that was meant to be. I see what came from that now. Oh man, I wish I, you know, we're sitting here reflecting already on this. Well, if that's the case. I, by the way, I've done exercise, this exercise with several people. I've never yet seen where we, we take on the left side of a paper and write down everything bad that's happened to you in your life. And on the right side next to it, you write the opportunity or good that came out of it. One, the bigger the setback and adversity, the bigger the, 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 the great that came with it. And the other thing that is there is that nobody's ever been able to show me something that bad happened to them, but there was no opportunity that came back in life. There's always an equal and opposite reaction to everything. Now, if that's the case, and we know that looking backwards, why in the hell wouldn't we be proactive about this, prepare ourselves so that anything that comes our way, we don't just get rid of it or eliminate it. We actually take it, convert it. Instead of storing it in our trunk where it weighs us down, we can put it in our tank and and use it as rocket fuel. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's all about. So to me, I know that when I want something, I go get it. When I've wanted something in my life, I've gotten it. And not because somebody's handed it to me because I'm just stubborn, perversely Mm -hmm. unyielding, stubborn. I go for it and then I need fuel for that. So if I'm not just removing things and converting them into fuel, thrust is a must. We must go forward. And so- uh, that's what it's all about, man. And when, when you look at this book on the cover, Grant Cardone, by the way, um, my mentor, he's, he's the one that wrote the forward for the book. And I'm very honored that he was agreed to do that. One, I live to the standard that he expects. And two, we made it worth his while. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but he talks about rocket fuel and how that concept has helped him in his life, in his business. Mm-hmm. And this book, the subtitle is uh, Convert Setbacks, period, Become Unstoppable, period. So that should wrap it up for you. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, it's, I like how you talked about, <clears throat> I mean, the, the whole thing when you look at your biggest negative and then, you know, turning that into your biggest opportunity. One of my mentors is also, you know, we've gone through this exercise and it's interesting when you take a SWOT analysis, which is of course a staple of, of looking at a service, a product yourself. So you're looking at strength, weakness, opportunities, and threats, and you basically put them on paper it's not the strength and weaknesses that have to have you trying to counteract. You basically have to do more of a cross. And what I mean, the cross wise is like you're going in diagonal. So basically you have to look at your strength towards your threats. How can you, how can you leverage your strengths towards your threats? And how do you leverage your opportunities towards your weakness or vice versa? So when I look at a SWOT analysis, I'm always looking for that because that's what we're doing. We're problem solvers. Mm-hmm. Both of us, we're problem solvers. We're visionaries. We think a big picture and and that's how you solve big problems is by looking diagonally, not looking across. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and that's where the opportunities come up saying, wow, this is a big threat. Okay. This is my strength. How do I leverage these two together? How do I turn this back? And, and that's what I love about that is, um, is, uh, as, as, like I said, problem solvers. So, um, Grant Cardone. So let's talk about how you and Grant Cardone, um, how that connection happened and, and then you now up to becoming one of his licensees. So I uh, read the book. Um, I felt like he was talking to me in that book. I'm like, this is finally somebody that understands me. 
And uh, from there, I just wanted to like immerse myself in the content. Like we talk about all the time with him with, we don't drink the Kool-Aid. We immerse ourselves and swim in the Kool-Aid. And um, I did that. I got my team on the Cardone University training. I invested in his programs. First, I just looked at YouTube and just like absorbed everything I possibly could. And then I started developing relationships with the people in his organization. Like I just craved to be around people that thought that way and um, built some great relationships, great friendships. Um, Jared Glenn is one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, and he's the president of, of Cardone Enterprises and good, just good people. And I just kept doing that. And then before you know it, my successes were becoming, uh, you know, apparent and they would share, they like to share success stories in their group. And we kept coming up in their meetings and they share a lot of people's successes and people started hearing C-Rock, C-Rock, C-Rock. And, uh, I went to a training there, uh, with a guy named Pete Vargas, who was on the 10X stage that talked about how to share your story from stage, connect with people, right. And hit them in the heart. And I did that training and, uh, you know, Pete, Pete did something for me too. And I don't know if I've, I think I've told him this, but you know, he really validated for me that dude, C-Rock that's powerful, man. It's the name C-Rock like that. That's, that's cool, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like that, that you know, people can connect with you on that. Mm-hmm. And then I really leaned into that. Like I look for things like people say that, that, that it means something. If they get a reaction or I get a reaction on them. Okay. Wait a minute. I need to lean into that. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know? And, um, so from there, I just kept pressing on. And then from, see, I, we were talked about mindset. You talked about mindset. My thing is I need to think about who I want to be 25, 30 years from now. Who do I want people to say C-Rock was? And then I want to start acting like that Love right that. now. And, mm-hmm. you know, what I'd looked at too is like, look, how, how can I be a case study for all my mentors material? My job at this point, if I'm going to take him as my mentor, I need to make him look good. How do mm-hmm. I do that? Every day I get up, I live to that standard and beyond. And, um, that's, that's how it all works. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, when I wrote this book a long, I don't know, a year or so ago, I started writing it. I said to myself, like, dude, I got to get somebody great on this forward. And I'm all, you know, talking to Grant now, as far as my mentorship, like I'm going to get him to write the forward. Mm-hmm. Now the book was almost complete before I even asked about it, but I had it in my mind. I'm gonna make this happen. So this is a little inside scoop here for you guys. I said, you know, I'm going to make this, I'm going to, this is going to happen. So I reached out to Jared and I said, Hey man, will you give me a quote for the book, uh, for my book? And, uh, he said, yeah, sure. And I said, also, you know, I'd love to see if Grant would be willing to write the forward. And he's like, well, Grant charges for that kind of stuff. And this is through text message. He said, Grant charges for that kind of stuff. And I said, I don't care. I said, tell me the details. And, uh, he said, all right, I'll get you the details. And he said, by the way, he doesn't do it just for anybody. So he said, I'll check with you or whatever. And he said, but, but I'm sure he'd be happy for you. And then uh, got back to me and said, yeah, Grant said, let's go. You'd love to. It's uh, it's 75 grand. I haven't told anybody this. And I'm like, what? I thought to myself, are you kidding me? This is crazy. Like, are you, I I spent like, I spent lots of money, but now, by the way, I, I do invest money with them on their courses. And every time I invest money, I make more money. It's just a crazy phenomenon, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's like a cycle, but mm-hmm. more money keeps coming my way. And so I thought to myself, damn, man, I, only if, I thought he would like, you know, all the success that I've had on his stuff, I thought he would be willing to do it. What, mm-hmm. what, what an asshole I was to think that way. Because mm-hmm. I, 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 five minutes into it, I'm like, wait a minute, that's the wrong way to think. That is absolutely the wrong way to think, man. That's not what he teaches. That's not what I've learned from him and other people. 
So let me, let me really analyze this. So then I started analyzing. I'm like, wait a minute. So 75 grand, 75 grand. First of all, it'd be crazy to do this, wouldn't it? And I start entertaining it. And I start thinking like, well, hmm, I don't need to justify the ROI on it. Mm-hmm. There's new, not going to be a really way to measure the ROI on it. Mm-hmm. So get that out of the way. Don't even worry about ROI. Uh, what's the next thing? Okay, so is it a story that anybody would be able to take away from me? No, nobody's going to ever be able to take it away that uh, I got Grant Cardone right to forward my book, my first book. I'm not even an author. Well, I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I thought about was, shit, I see what I see. What he's One, he's trying to, his time is valuable and he, 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 he thinks he values his time that much. But the other thing I thought about is, wait a minute, maybe this is, and this might not even been true, like, right? So this is the shit that's going on in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe he's just trying to get me to think bigger. Sure. And I'm like, shit, challenge accepted. So I texted Jared back. I'm like, shit, I'm crazy enough to just do this. And, uh, and then, so I started looking for the money. <laughs> I mean, I have money, but I wasn't going to like, I didn't want to necessarily put my like certain money. I was like, well, where can I get this money from? Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, and it's crazy how, when you want something bad enough, you go find it. So I talked to my partners in a mortgage company who've been supporting everything that I do. And we're in everything that I do. You see C-Rock there, but my partners, I got three of my best friends uh, and my little brother that work with me in the mortgage business and they handle the business. They work in the business. I work on that business. Sure. And they said, I, I talked to them each one. I said, guys, listen, I'm going to do this. I, I, it's definitely gonna, it's a smart move. Do you guys want in on this? Like, are you in on this train? Like where we go, wherever this goes, I'm bringing my homies with me or it's okay if you're not, I understand. And they're like, nope, let's roll with it. Mm-hmm. So, so now that's 75 grand in my head is thinking like, it would be crazy me to me to have to do that, this and that. It became divided by four. And then it's also a tax write-off. Mm-hmm. And so now I have them rooting me on and encouraging me because that's a, that's a, a, by the way, big thing to do is when you have a goal or a dream, get people around you that support you and encourage you. And now I have that. Mm-hmm. And then also it gives me the responsibility. I got to make this shit work. This mm-hmm. is, this is not a, this is not an option. This mm-hmm. is an obligation now that I have to grant for going on there because I don't want him to look bad for putting his name on my book. Mm-hmm. And number, number two, my homies, my partners believe in me and invested in me. Now we got to make something happen. Mm-hmm. So I did it, man. And uh, he was willing to do it. It gives me chills to read the forward and it put me on the map. It gives me access. Now you got to pay for access to people, dude. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 credibility. I mean, even though I think without that money that the book's that good <laughs> so that if he were to read, read it, he'd believe in it and, mm-hmm. and, and do that. But it's just, it's just a phenomenal thing, man. And I, I can't tell you exactly where I'm going um, how high? Cause I don't know what my, my limits are. Cause I'm, I'm not going to limit myself. And so there's a lot of things coming from this, but, uh, man, just, that's a story. I never really told no, that. Story oh, yet. I appreciate that, man. And I'm blessed that a, a lot of my guests have actually said to me after we shared something that we've never shared with someone. And I, I really appreciate this. And I'm completely flattered by that. You said so many remarkable things there. I mean, I love what you said there. Cause I'm in full agreement. I'm a full, I'm in full. My belief process is going through this journey. I'm not searching for who I, who I, who I am. I'm creating who I should be. It's about the who. Okay. That's key. Um, So I love that. I love the fact that, you know, you don't put a cap on your potential. I love that. You don't put a limit on your potential. It's very important to understand this though. So I'm a believer in God Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it's, I've seen too much 
to not to not believe that mm-hmm. but i also believed it before i saw it and i think that's a big key but 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 when we were put here and if you re- if you whatever your beliefs are but if you believe in god mm-hmm. god is omnipotent which means i'm om- like unlimited power mm-hmm. why would i even think or suggest or, or act that there's a limitation on the blessings that he's given me mm-hmm. and the potential that he's given me or anybody else on this planet mm-hmm. so if that's the case and I wake up in the morning and I don't feel great and I don't really feel like doing something. I do it anyway, mm-hmm. because I'm not going to disrespect the creator that put me on this earth with unlimited potential, which I have no idea where that stops. Mm-hmm. And so that's important. And that's why I think that way and believe that way. And then it, it, it manifests itself. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to let anybody else tell me different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is like, man, I just, man, I, I, I'm like, I'm in heaven with this conversation here. Cause this is exactly, I mean, and you know, we talked about, uh, early on in the conversation about sometimes we were doing this alone. We got to cut people out of our lives and that kind of stuff. Cause we're talking at a different level. A lot of people don't want to hear this shit. They know it's true. They just don't want to go there. It's too easy to get, stay in their vortex and stay in your reality. I mean, for example, what, like, yeah, it does suck. I saw flat out tell you like that. Why would you want to live that way? That life sucks. It, period. It, absolutely. <laughs> and I want nothing to do with it. Like I tell people, I, I want nothing to do with that bullshit. And so, for example, on my side, I've made a declaration. I've made a declaration to all my viewers, to myself, to my family, and so forth, that I will be spending $1 million on my mindset, on my personal development. Not taking a million dollars and going to go invest in this building and the ROI is going to be, it doesn't matter if the ROI is 1,000%, because up here, if I invest in, in here, it's limitless. The ROI, it's up mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, I, and I, I'll tell people straight up, is that if people aren't willing to invest in themselves, I will not invest in them. Hands down, because that, that tells me their lack of character and they need to do some personal development. I see it all the time where, oh, this building has a foundation crack. It's like, yeah, dude, but you got a bigger foundation crack between your ears and you want me to yeah. invest in you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, where's the logic in that? Look, I, I believe you should invest in yourself first, your business is second. And then when you can afford all three, you, then you invest in real estate. Love that. I love that. That's exactly it, right? Um, and so that's, that's my personal mission. And so even I look at, we talked about 2020 and, 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 you know, what the world has been going through and still going through, you could be the victim or victor. I mean, for myself, I mean, I, I, I got into masterminds. I paid to get mentorship. Um, I'm actually onto my, just finishing my 54th book for the year that I've read last year. I think I maybe read one book. I've lost 30 something pounds. So, but again, it's about getting in that right room and paying, you're not paying for friends. You're paying for allies because allies are going to kick you in the butt and call you out for what you are. Yep. 100%. And I think that's why I could say, I mean, I've never spoke to Grant Cardone. I've never met him. But when you're saying he's willing to do a Ford, it's because you stepped up, you leveled up because he's actually putting his name on you. He's endorsing you as an ally. Yeah. And it's about showing up as well. So, you know, like I'm in mentor calls with him and some of them are smaller and others are 500 people. But your boy C-Rock made sure that I have something in the background here, which I had an old set before that had the same thing. Very, very prevalent. And I would show up and I would get in there early so that I would be on that front page of the Zoom thing. Mm -hmm. And I would make sure that I was seen. And then I would try to be heard every time I was on there because I want to get attention. He taught attention, get attention, get attention, promote, promote, promote. Money follows attention. Power follows attention. And I, I just followed the blueprint, man. It's not, I didn't try to reinvent anything. And so I kept showing up, showing up, showing up. Then he was willing to come on my podcast because he's like, yeah, this dude shows up. Like this dude meets that standard. And at the beginning of my podcast with him, he said, yeah, man, I, I, I noticed you. I see you there all the time. You show up, you know, and that, that, 
that mattered to me. I registered that. Like, show mm-hmm. up, dude. Just show mm-hmm. up. Don't be somebody that doesn't show up. Absolutely. I'm, I, I agree. Got to show up. So what, what's next for you? Uh, well, you know, that's a great question because um, I'm in masterminds too. And I got a friend, Greg Reed, that's running one right now that I'm involved with his mastermind. And Greg Reed was commissioned by the Napoleon Hill Foundation to go interview very super successful people mm-hmm. and then share that. And he wrote a book called Three Feet from Gold, which is a chapter title in Thinking Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill's Thinking Grow Rich. And I got to talking with this group and I got to talking with my, my, some of my partners and I'm like, what, what's next, man? Like, let's, if we were to play a bigger game, what's the bigger game, man? What is it? And I started thinking, uh, well, I'd have that. What are you made of podcast? That's great. How far can you go with a podcast? Like what, what's next for that? Like greater, bigger guess. I don't know. But then I started thinking, well, what about if we were to able somehow put together a documentary where it's, I go around and talk to people about what are you made of and what are the setbacks that you had and how do you, you convert them into rocket fuel and really get into it with them with some high profile people or great stories that nobody's heard of before and sell it to Netflix or something like, like be, not, not, not you, not even YouTube. Like what, what, what about bigger? Like what? What would happen then? I don't even know, by the way, I don't even know how the hell to do that. I know how to do this with Zoom. I know how to do all that. I don't even know how to hell to, so it doesn't matter. I make a decision to do that. I commit to it. And then I get the right people, find the right people, ask questions, talk about it, be obsessed about it. And then all of a sudden it starts to manifest itself. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Now we got this. And maybe it might even evolve into something bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not one season, Mark, maybe how about, what about eight seasons of it? Like, Absolutely. like it starts going. And so I don't know, man, like I, I just want to commit to things and then, and then run real fast and blast off with them. And so that's one thing uh, we got a tech product we're working on right now. I partnered with a great dude. Shout out to Jared. Um, and I'm looking, looking at, you know, with my partners and him to do this tech product that to, I, it blows my mind that this hasn't been done yet. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. And I already started a new book as well. Um, so a lot of things, man. And our mortgage company, I, I run a mortgage company, by the way, a large mortgage division. And we're going, you know, we've done great in the last few years, but we're really trying to press to go to a hundred million a month in loan volume. And that's the biggest challenge for me, actually. Um, I, I, we're going to get there. I just, it's been the biggest chat. People come on podcasts all the time, Mark, I'm sure you've seen it. And then they just talk about all the stuff they know and all the great successes they've had and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. Well, the challenging things they need to be sharing too, because you never know who might hear you may say, well, shit, I can help you with that. Mm-hmm. So my challenge right now, we've done a great job. We've eight X our business in the mortgage industry, mm-hmm. but you know what? It might not even be a challenge. Now I'm talking, it might not be a challenge. It might be just that I'm too impatient. I don't know. But uh, anyway, that's, that's what I'm into, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's the, you know, and the, th- the fact of the matter is you've done the hard part already, which is taking action. You know, I'm a firm believer. I used to, when I used to play ice hockey, his coach used to say this, right? Um, and uh, would be, you know, you, if you keep your legs moving, the puck will find you. Yeah. If you stand still, nothing's enough. Like you won't get, you won't get it. So, and the fact you're doing this and, and where you're going and because I mean, you've reprogrammed your mind. It's happening. It's, it's in motion. It's in motion. Um, and, um, and you'll know. I mean, you're doing all the right things. And, you know, just in, in fact, look, look, at, look at the things you're doing with your branding, the books, the people you're in the room with. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, I take pride in knowing that I'm the dumbest person in the room. I love that. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm there to learn. Yep. Love that. Yep. 
definitely. That's I get really uncomfortable with that. I mean, one of the things uh, we have a mentor and I'm coaching with him weekly now, and I have my whole leadership team with him, Brandon Dawson, who's part of Cardone Ventures, mm-hmm. partner with Grant. And uh, Brandon sold his company for 77 times EBITDA, which is <laughs> like ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, very sharp guy. But but one thing that gets me is I want to hang around him. He calls you on your bullshit, which is great. But what I like about it, though, is like he'll talk about coaching someone and then he does the voice of the person he's coaching. And I don't even know if he knows this or not, but it's very condescending. Mm. And like, I like that, though, because I like it. Like, OK, OK, you son of a bitch. Uh, I'll show you. You know, it's a, it's, it's a mind game. I play sure. with myself just to, it's, I'm always looking for fuel, man. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it probably doesn't even, other people don't even notice it. It doesn't bother them, whatever. To me, it's like, okay, <laughs> now I love him to death, by the way. It's nothing like that. It's just like, yeah. all right, you son of a bitch. I'll, I'll show you. Right. So, you it's know, a reverse it, psychology, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know how many times I've done that in sales myself where <laughs> a, a customer or client's like, no, this, and the price is this. And it's like, okay, you're right. This isn't the right service for you. That's okay. We can end the meeting now. Uh, All good. Takeaway. We call that pulling the takeaway. Pulling the takeaway. And <laughs> yeah. and right away they get their backup right away mm-hmm. saying, "Don't you dare! Like, why? Yeah. How dare you tell me this is not right for me? I'm so and so." So you can only do that though when you have a big enough pipeline. Yes. Because if you when you're short and scarce, you're scared to do these things and you're not successful. So the the whole point of that build your funnel pipeline as big as possible with prospects. Abundance. Abundance is the answer, Mark. Yep. And you can do the takeaway. The takeaway works when you do that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, as we come to a close here, um, one of the questions I, I ask is the tombstone question. The tombstone question is a question that was posed to me early in my 20s, which is uh, with the day we meet the maker, we don't decide what's going to be put on our tombstone. Someone else will. What do you think will be written on your tombstone? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And, uh, I thought about that because when you're thinking about your vision long-term, like, what do you want people to say? What do you want your legacy to be? You know, I want people to say that C-Rock helped me see greatness inside of me that I didn't even know was there and put me on track to go after it and really have me believing that I could accomplish anything. That's, I know that's long. We'll have to have a big tombstone. No, that's beautiful. But, I love that. <laughs> it's your tombstone. It could be as big as you want it to be. That, that is awesome. My man, this has been phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Um, Enjoy it, say, Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And um, what's the best way people can find you? Instagram or LinkedIn. Instagram, it's at Mikey, M-I-K-E-Y-C-R-O-C. And uh, I love engaging with people on Instagram. And, you know, the other thing is the book. Uh, you could get the book right now at Rocket Fuel. I'm sorry, Rocket Fuel, it's called. And it's at Mike, M-I-K-E, and then C-R-O-C, MikeCRock.com forward slash book. MikeCRock.com forward slash book. Perfect. Awesome. I'll make sure I put that in the show notes too. Um, again, my man, this has just been epic. I want to, again, say thank you very much. Uh, I can't wait to have you on again in the near future. This is just on your second, on your, on the next book, actually, actually, you know, when the book comes out, I want to hear all about it because uh, I'm pumped out. I, I feel like I need some rocket fuel right now. Like I'm good. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, my man. Thank you. I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate that. 